Follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I'm Shad here with Matt and Brad. Guys, how we doing? Uh, doing good, Shad. It is. Uh, it's it's been the spooky season. It's spooky uh, season. We haven't done a lot of uh, horror themed stuff thus far this month, but that's true. Yeah, it's it a bad, been uh, It's been kind of a clusterfuck of a month. I'm doing well. All right. Yeah. It's it's been. Uh, <laughs> we've been having a doozy of a month. <clears throat> And that'll make sense a little later. But uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in and listening with us. We appreciate you being here with us. We appreciate uh, whether you're listening the week it drops or you're listening later on. Doesn't matter. We are just glad that you're here with us. And so, um, guys, what uh, we, we mentioned, it's it's spoopy season. We're going to get some spoopy stuff in. What what are we doing again? Uh, we, this week we watched uh, the – is it 2011 that this came out? Yeah. Uh, we're watching the 2011 film Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. Uh, I, I always heard about this film. I've mm-hmm. heard about it like, a lot in the last like 10 plus years, so I'd never seen it. Actually, I always meant to, but uh, I never had, so this is actually good that it basically forced me to watch something that I always <laughs> meant to, but didn't have. Like, oh, I'll find time next time. And it's, yeah. yeah. I understand that. I'm sitting here I, uh, looking through my wrestling craze because I wondered what autographs I had, and I had the um, I have an autograph from the former now was it Lex Lexi King or some dumb shit that his name is? Oh, uh, Lexus King. Lexus. Why did they do yeah. that? They just, I mean, because they don't own Brian Pillman Jr. Yeah. He he has the rights to Brian Pillman Jr. But that's like they the can't only, make the money off of it. That's like where his entire upside comes from. I I don't know, that, man. I I just I yeah, I have hated the idea that they want to rebrand everybody all the time for for years. Like they they were gonna rebrand AJ Styles of all people when he came in until AJ was like yeah I kind of have this giant tattoo that says AJ on my side and I, I I did not hear these rumblings at the time these could be utterly baseless but you know there's rumblings that uh, after that rumble Vince is gonna be like all right we've done that we had the rumble pop now we'll send him to NXT and it's just like are you out of your damn mind you know i don't know if that's true or not but if it is are you out are you specifically out of your damn mind and this this obsession with we have to own everything we have to uh you know rebrand everybody so that that it can be the the name we want it to be is maddening and it's only going to get worse now 
no oh, yeah with endeavor there's some hard cope going on because the story came out today that like there's a lot of contract extensions not being discussed with talent right now and these there's all these people being like well well they can't do that they need their like talent on tv it's like have you seen what they've done with the ufc like it is the same business yeah. that's derived from star power yeah. and they do it in the ufc and the ufc is even worse because now the ufc a lot of those fight cards are one match uh shows well yeah, they're just fight. one fight no, they're yeah, because they're literally one fight you care about and then trash. Oh, yeah, oh. one one like name quote unquote name fight. Okay, it's like you know you're you, one fight with two these semi stars. Yeah, and, and, then, then, and then your co-main event is like the, Joe the hobo versus you know Frank versus a third the, grader. Frank the guy living under the bridge on Third Street. That's what I call the um, the '90s compact disc format uh you know there's one song on the album you care about and then the rest of them you don't oh, this, that's this, these fighters these fighters wouldn't even like qualify for the b-side usually they're like the stuff that didn't even make the b-side did i read correctly and i i i'm asking because i'm honestly not sure they just did a like a fight card in saudi arabia or something i think and like one of the guys was fighting with like stitches still in his eyelid. Yep. Oh my and, god. Yeah, you know, like people who who weren't cleared in the states or something like that. And it's like what? What are you? Like honest to god, straight up, what? This is like what you would expect the Dollar General equivalent to do, not the industry leader to do. They don't give a it's, shit. They just care oh. about their money. Those guys could fucking yeah. die for all they care. So like, we are at like the venture capital capital point of that like particular for, industry. For all my bitches about Dana White, and there are many and numerous ones, I legitimately think he, at least at one point in his life, before Endeavor took over, at least gave like at least a hint of a shit about fighter safety. I mean, I think I think you're right because at the very least, the guy. Had you know trained jujitsu and stuff like that, like he he knew what it took to do it, and he also knew that crappy fights with people who were hurt weren't going to be any good to watch, and it was it would fritter away the fan base and that sort of stuff. And if you but, watch like the fighter pay scale, it's always been a bitch, but like before Endeavor took over, you could see the fighter pay scale would go up as like the money went up, and like the fighters yeah. are starting to get pretty decent paydays. Then Endeavor took over. That just all went out the window. The fighter pay stopped going up. Any guy that was going to get any amount of money that didn't have that like, um, that you know, wasn't like a mega star, uh, was getting let go because they cost too much. There's a whole thing with uh, oh crap, it was his name. Their their heavyweight champion they lost while he still had the belt this year because they didn't want to pay him, and they're banking on him losing to someone and he didn't and so he pretty much like left the company with you know as still as the champion i okay well this this explosion is going to be interesting to see then yeah i don't i don't know what it's going to look like because i honestly think 
I, I honestly don't know what it's going to look like five years from now. And I think the people trying to like, they're carrying water for them right now. It's like, well, honestly, if it does happen, which you're like really worried about, it's, it's your fault for being like a fucking cuck to the product and accepting whatever trash they put on TV instead of like demanding, um, demand something better. Yeah. Cause like, cause like yeah. any other promotion other than Billy Corgan, who's like fucking obsessed with Dave Meltzer right now because he <laughs> rightfully called him out for his trash, um, his trash takes on wrestling. Um, yeah, like no other company can get away with not having talent. What are you going to say, Matt? Uh, yeah, that, I guess we could try it. I, I, we should probably speculate. <laughs> I do want to speculate as to who they're lowballing. <laughs> I know like Drew, Drew McIntyre is like, uh, Seamus is up. I'm saying Seamus but... is the one that's, because Seamus, yeah. I don't think Drew talks to Meltzer. I bet Seamus has talked to Meltzer before. Yeah. Uh, you've mentioned this. So you, you've talked at least offline to us. It's like Endeavor has a history of like screwing over UFC. Like, watch, they're going to probably try that shit with the WWE. And it's like, yeah, I think this is what, what you're seeing. Like, and, and it wasn't just me. There's Remember, always a... our, our, our good friend uh, Justin said the same thing, like the second that deal was signed. It was yeah. like, get ready for the vets, like, get ready for them to stop paying talent. Mm-hmm. And there's always going to be some amount of people that, uh, that are, they still have the dream. It's like, oh, you know, I, I have to work for the WWE. Like, that's the dream. It's like, well, no, maybe back in the, maybe even like five years ago. It's like, yeah, but now there's like AEW, AEW has increased, uh, in many ways, like, basically like the the visibility or helps promote other organizations so yeah i mean impact impact is like or the rebranding to tna but i feel like they have more eyes on them in the last like year or two than ever before it may not be like it it may pale in comparison to wwe or aew but it's bigger did you see the simpsons meme i yes i really like that like, what is this TNA? Is it a sort of television program? And Homer's like, don't tell them you were watching wrestling. Like, it's <laughs> pornography. I, yes, I was watching pornography. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, which, I mean, Impact may be led by CM Punk soon. We don't know. Interesting. <sighs> yeah. He was actually there, like, the, the recent show, I think. But I would, oh, I would, you know, to, that, to your point, to the whole Endeavor point, because there's that whole big thing. It's like, oh, actually, because uh, everyone's like, oh, is CM Punk going to debut in WWE? It's Survivor Series in November. It's in Chicago. And there was a report that came out, maybe by Endeavor, like or people in the WWE. It's like, yeah, yeah we haven't talked to him. Um, no, they told yeah, him that no. that whole thing. They told, they told him no. Thing, yeah, that whole thing was started. Like, it came out of Houseman. Mm-hmm. You know, well, he's, of course. he's got the hand up the back as the puppet. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, yeah, they're in talks for it. And then uh, I think I can't remember exactly who who broke it first, but they're like, no, they they said no. Like, it seems like that it was a play to put it out there to be like to get this groundswell of support. It's like, no, 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 bring him back. You haven't been surviving. You know, that's and and they're just like, <laughs> lol, no. Well, and We're the funny thing is then because Punk always 
does this and then more comes out that always makes him look worse so then yeah. it came out right after that that they've told him no three times in like the last five years like he tried yeah. to come back when they got on fox they said no well he fox tried... wanted him that was fox said hey bring him back and they were like no we're not hiring him back and then um the uh Remember when he was back out that, they brought injured. him back for that like post-show thing for a couple yes. episodes that no one watched and then i think they told him they because because with the fox thing too is they want they vince pretty much said to them i will sign anyone you want but cm punk yes and then in that time when he was hurt he showed up that whole backstage thing is like oh he was backstage and playing cards and asked to leave he was fishing for a return then and then this last time he got shut down too. I'll tell you why. Because no one wants to work with him because he's that he, miserable. He he has. I mean, I. Meltzer was kind of talking about this, and I I, I kind of agreeing. I, I kind of tend to agree with him just because I, I'm old enough and I've been watching wrestling for like now, thirty years, uh, starting as like a kid. But I, I kind of have like never seen never in wrestling. Like you could think never, but it very likely will happen. Or could happen. Mm-hmm. So saying like, oh, he won't show up again, even though, again, the caveat, like if he does show up in WWE ring again, he's the biggest fucking hypocrite in all of wrestling. But what a surprise. Like my opinion of him as a person is pretty low. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter to me, folks, if he wears like, you know, I support trans rights or abortion is a right, etc. Like just because he throws a political slogan on his thing, it doesn't mean that just because one might agree with his politics that he himself is like an actual genuine person and a good person. I think he's no, like a, I think he's a hypocritical douche. It's like, it's uh, like um the thing he's doing and a lot of people do in that, and like that progressive crowd are exactly like the old church ladies that are hypocrites. Like they're the exact same animal where they think because they have the right opinion or the right belief that excuses their like shitbag behavior in yeah. everyday life. Uh, who to thunk? Human beings are the same about no matter what. Yeah, yeah. it's like it's have... like he's he's essentially no different, and he would he would call this out and think he was like righteous for it. But he's no different than that flimflam pastor that like drives like a two hundred thousand dollar car. Joel Osteen or Kenneth Copeland? Yeah. It's yeah. A, Okay. He yeah. he may have reached a point where it's like he's become just too insufferable to deal with that mm-hmm. you know companies are just like yeah eh, eh, no enough. But it wouldn't surprise me if he shows up. It wouldn't surprise me if he shows up at Survivor Series. But to the Endeavor point, I've actually wondered. Obviously, there's more at play like personality. His personality wise, there may be plenty of people in the WWE. It's like yeah, you're too much of a headache. I don't like you, so I don't want you back here. But it does make me wonder with this Endeavor stuff. It's like maybe Endeavor would be like, eh, yeah, we don't want to pay you what you're asking for. So sorry. Well, like I can see that. I could see them being like, mm-hmm. oh, you want how many millions per year? You're like 45 and you last couple of years, you haven't been able to work well, an entire year coming back the... and stay healthy. So no, I don't want to pay you that. On the Endeavor front, though, they had him in the UFC, and that second UFC he was on terribly. Like it was like it was like one of their worst like modern era pay per view buys ever. Yeah, Dana White hates his guts. Yeah. Um. You yeah, 
your your stock is not real high because you tried to steal somebody else's finish and fell on your ass on pay per view. And, and I honestly think, I mean, there is the WWE arrogance, but I also think there's a calculation that they're doing there where it's like, well, you know, he got a lot of he lost a lot of his luster coming back to AEW, and like he'll get some of that back in WWE, but it's not going to be the same. So he's already no. lost like a good chunk of his appeal. I have seen the thought floated that it's like, okay, why if you were gone for seven years, if you were gone for that long and and didn't want to come back and that sort of stuff. And now you've had one company that you burn, burn your bridge out of and you're grabbing for trying to grab on for the other one. Why are you like, are you broke? No, he's just greedy. Well, is, is this greed desperation or ego like so, which one is I it think, there could I be think, any of them. i think greed is at play and that's why he tried to come back earlier but i also think he can't handle that he's a meme now and he's desperately trying to figure out a way to make the meme go away yeah, that's too bad Darren. and i think i think the time he came back the second time he came back with AEW, really was more um he wanted AEW to be the bad guy. He didn't want to quit. Well, he always wants somebody to be the bad yeah. guy. It, yeah. I mean, I, there's, I kind of like in my mind thought about a conspiracy theory where it's like he came back, but my conspiracy theory, my personal conspiracy theory is like, he always kind of wanted to, to be fired or let go. He, he wanted out. Yeah. I don't think he really wanted to, and his, come and, back or if and, he did he's he wanted to be what he what he says he never wants to be but he was he does want to be so he wants to be like cena john cena back in the day where it's like the focus is all on you you're the ace of the company but he doesn't and that but, he never got that but, but he the, wants it yeah and the thing that bugged me about that though is he doesn't he wants that but he's not gonna he doesn't want to do any of the things that cena would do he doesn't want to go visit like sick kids and like do altruistic things because he's a selfish bag of shit um and i think the dirty secret of like his collision run is it didn't go over very well even up until his firing like people did not like the fake world title thing um i don't think like he was getting booed at shows even though he was a he was a face like it just wasn't working the second time it puts a bad taste in everybody's mouth whenever you pitch a gigantic hissy fit in front of cameras and have what is obviously a pre-planned little spiel you want to do in order to try and make somebody else look bad. Like there's, there is no good look out of that. There can't be. And what ends up happening when you burn every bridge you've ever crossed soon, you don't have any more to go over. And like the, I don't know who the report came from. I, I'm not, I'll just leave it at that. But supposedly Impact TNA, whichever, I guess, they'd be like, yeah, sure, we'd we'd love to have him. It's like, I'm sure you would, but you're not big enough for him. He doesn't want to have a, you know, a great run in TNA and and headline there because that's not big enough. That's not enough for him. I mean, if AEW wasn't big enough, I mean, I don't. 
I honestly, I don't think that was even about being big enough. I think that was about the fact that it was, there were people who would not give him what he wanted on the roster. And so, you know, he's mad because people won't, he couldn't say anything about, for example, him proclaiming himself for locker room leader and Booker T laughing at him and then throwing trash on the floor in front of him. Like he can't do anything about that. Number one, Booker had more years in the industry than him. So Booker was the veteran. And number two, Booker Huffman would whoop Phil Brooks ass. You know, like it, he, you know, and so what happens there is, you know, you have, and here, this is my conspiracy theory, but you have the fact that the, the bucks won't talk to him. The bucks are like, no, we, we don't want to deal with somebody who did that. And, you know, I, sure, you can say, hey, you know, there's a lot of money to be made, except there's not because that's not how AEW deals are structured. Um, I don't think I don't think it would have drawn that well, personally. Like, I think I think there's money to be made in the Bucks and FTR, but I don't think any combination of the elite and punk had money written on it like people said it did. Because the people clamoring for that the hardest online are the people that don't watch AEW and wouldn't watch that anyway. Or yeah. were just solidly in the punk camp. Yeah. And so it doesn't if punk had done anything, they would have watched it. And so the but, fact that he's like, I want this from, and he's not getting it. We've seen that from ratings though. That was a vast minority. Yeah. Of the audience. So. So, um, Tucker and Dale. <laughs> yeah, so this is, um, this is an interesting movie, because I'll, I'll, I'll admit right here, um, based on the cast, I thought I was getting into something a bit satirical, but um, I did not know the direction it would take, and I was actually kind of surprised by that, and I was a little upset that I had not seen this movie until now, truthfully. And I'm probably going to buy the Blu-ray after this. <laughs> Uh, this is one that is this is a movie that that hops back and forth across the line between horror movie and and black comedy. I would say it's just a black comedy. There's nothing really like horror based in it. I disagree it's with us, you on that, but it, I would say it's us. It's so overall, I like the film, but the things I liked about it is that it it. It it tries to be, and I, I do think it succeeds. But it's essentially it's a subversion of like the the slasher hill evil hillbilly yeah. trope. It's yeah. really um, it's really um, a, it's subversive. It's a rebuff of um, Rob Zombie's entire filmmaking career. Mm. Basically, um, it subverts all that, and it does kind of play into like a slasher film towards at the end. Um, mm-hmm. But again, it it plays on that too. It's, I do think it's more of a comedy than it's just a, like a gory bit of a gory comedy, yeah, but it's mm-hmm. more of a comedy than a horror film. Cause I feel but like it obviously I've, plays on those elements. Yeah. Cause I feel like if you're talking about a horror comedy where there is actual horror, like cabin in the woods is like a horror movie yeah, that you know, turns into a comedy. See, I feel that's more of like a horror film. It's just a horror film with comedic elements. Yeah. Whereas this is more of a comedy film, I feel. Yeah. God, I need to watch Cabin in the Woods again. That was that was such a good 
Maybe. I should watch that one. It's one that's I mean, one that's on my list that it's just like I just never got around to it. It's, it's not that I have any animus against it. I just hadn't done it yet. It's a fun. It's a fun little subversion too. Okay. This one I got a huge kick out of when I watched it. Um, Alan, you know, the the I want it's set in West Virginia, so <clears throat> the hillbillies are are my brand of hillbilly. And I there's part of me that wanted to at least act slightly indignant over the fact that it's like, hey, if these are supposed to be Appalachian characters, why didn't you get Appalachian actors for it? But honestly, the two guys, um, Alan Tudyk and what's his face? I, I uh, his name up Tyler Labine yeah. or Le, is it Labine Labine, whichever. They do such a good job that I, I can't be mad. Well, it's like, such it's such a it's it's something that I wish Hollywood would do more now because they really this really show like this really like breaks like it plays with the stereotype but then it like just like shits on it too because like like Dale in this movie like it comes out in weird ways but he is smart as hell like Mm -hmm. and they like they subtly do that with the trivia but then he does other things where he just like he went off on on something oh because um I'll just spoil it at the end. Like when, when they're at the final thing of the killer, he's like, Hey, this is the active ingredient in chamomile tea that he's allergic to. Yeah. And just like throws it in his hey, face. Just, just so everybody knows, here's the spoiler part of the episode. We're going there and we're never coming back. It's a 12 year old movie. Get over it. I, I'm just saying just, just as a courtesy. Yes. But, um, I'm sorry, Matt, we've been going a little bit. Let's, let's tap the brakes so you can get in some. Uh, I, um, I am a, f- I know, like, I guess I can't say I'm, su- I'm a super fan because it's like, I can't name every single performance the guy did, but I will say like, I unquestionably tend to like anything that Alan Tudyk does. Mm-hmm. Um, he just makes things way more fun. There are obviously people back in the day, like, are, it, people who are fans of, uh, genre programming love mm-hmm. the guy from his uh his time with uh firefly i would say though i don't like the show firefly so i can't say that that's what i like him from the i problem, just like him the thing is though, that's else. that's not his iconic performance like if you that can't remember his name you and have, iconic performance yes, but it's not but me. but if you if you if you if you if you're trying if you can't remember his name in like Someone's like, what's he from? And you just say Steve the Pirate. Like, everyone knows yeah, what Steve uh, the Pirate is. Yeah. <laughs> Steve the Pirate, he was – I'm going to mess with you for a second. He had a uh, a one-shot guest shot on Justified that was amazing. He was um, – <laughs> he was uh, the droid. He was the voice of the droid in Rogue One. He was also the chicken in Moana. Uh, I was going to say that way, way. Yeah. Oh, he's the or chicken. Hey, hey. I think it's hey, hey. Yes. There yes. is an amazing little behind the scenes thing where, because the chicken does the, the whole big laugh thing all the time in the course of the movie. They're doing behind the scenes shooting and he sit there and he's like screaming that line into the microphone and he turns to the camera and he puts on a big grin and he goes, I went to Juilliard. <laughs> you know, what's funny is, um. He does a lot of voiceover work. And by the way, I know that he's the voice of Hey Hey because my daughter is obsessed with Moana. On the Moana how obsessed thing, how obsessed are, is she, Matt, 
we're going we're we're all doing Moana costumes for Halloween. Oh That's, wow. We are several months into a Moana. Sometimes our daughter will like we'll have to play the soundtrack like mm-hmm. in the car we're driving places and my daughter will sing along and then she's like, Mom, Dad, I'm Moana. And it's like, okay, all right, all right, that's great, honey. It's like, no, you refer to me as Moana. <laughs> I'm like, no, okay, okay. There's a funny. Oh, Moana, can you like grab your water bottle? Uh, yeah. There's yeah. a funny South Park story related to animal noises because Steven Spielberg wanted a guest star, uh-huh. and they wanted him to be a cat, and they he, they said he didn't get it because if if you don't know your South Park lore, um, George Clooney guest starred as um sparky the gay dog in the first season and and all he did was make dog noises Mm -hmm. that was always the joke is you get the big name person and give them the smallest bit part i think david letterman did something like weird like that with them too yeah um and so the that the joke is like oh my gosh you got george clooney in an episode what did he do i didn't recognize his voice anywhere it's like yeah he, he was the dog you know who has and, one of the best guest appearances on that show, and she's fucking hilarious in it, is Jennifer Aniston in the Rainforest episode. I would. I only saw that one once. That one's. She's hilarious in that one, but. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I didn't realize he was the chicken. I'll have to yes. mention that to Kelly. It's 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 just a fun little bit of trivia, but it cracks me up that you got Alan Tudyk. Of all people, and what did you have him do? It's like, well, have me the voice of the chicken. And it's like, uh, uh, all right, if he takes the job, I guess. I mean, um, oh crap, I can't think of his name. Um, I'm gonna be so mad at myself later. There's a guy in the animation; he does everything. Um, Rob Paulson? No, not Rob Paulson. He's the other one. Frank Walker, maybe. Uh, I'm drawing a blank. It might be Frank Wilker. There's a guy in animation that's been doing it for 50 years, and he does, like, every animal, like, in TV. <laughs> I think it's Frank Wilker. It's Frank. I'm pretty sure it's Frank Wilker. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Uh, but a hell yeah, of a gig. Hey, if it pays, man. If it pays. It, it's funny. I just listened to an interview that um, George Ledoux did. The, the guy who voices uh, – and this this may be reaching too far, but he's the voice of Duncan Fisher from the MechWarrior games, and um, he's done a bunch of other stuff. Like, he's really prolific, but his, his the, the question was, you know, how, how is it? And he goes, I currently have $200 in my bank account. I have four payments pending. You know, and when they come in, it'll be great. But what comes in is I pay my bills and then I go hustling for more work. So if you are successful as a voice actor, you know, salute hats off to you, man, because that's that's tough road. Yeah, it is. So anyway, um, talking about the the main characters. So uh, they kind of set them up as creepy early on. Um, within five minutes, they kind of subvert that because um, Tucker is trying to get Dale to go talk to this, um, to the college girls. Yeah. To the college girls. And then you immediately see like, Oh, okay. They're just a couple of normal guys. And then you kind of understand where the movie's going to go. <laughs> well, they, they establish from the very first scene that, uh, with the college kids that Chad is a dick 
wad. Oh, yeah, he's a hyper-aggressive, like, like asshat. He's, yes, and he's a hyper-aggressive, like, super superior, smug, you know, little shit. And the, so, you know, you can kind of key to it early on. After after Tucker and Dale have the and they do a little bit to to make Tucker and Dale seem a bit more. Um, it's a word I'm looking for here. They they make them less threatening with the gag with the sheriff on the way to the uh, on the way to the cabin and that sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. That was so funny. <laughs> How did his shirt come off? That's what I was confused by. Like why he got it. He got it caught. He's saying he got it caught and he couldn't get it loose, so he took oh. he was unbuttoning his shirt so he could like not be bent over. But um you know, there's there's lots of there is more foreshadowing than you might think there is. Yeah, and then so then they they go to their new vacation home, which was Tucker's uh dream to own. Yeah. And um, so they're going to start doing work on that, but they decide they're going to go night fishing. And at the same time, the college kids decide um, they're going to go skinny dipping while drunk. Mm-hmm. And then I don't remember the main girl's name. Oh, uh, her her name is Allison. She's played by uh, oh, yeah, Katrina Allison. Bowden, who uh, let me see. What, what else was she in? She was in. Oh, she was in. She was Siri on 30 Rock. Um, she was in uh, Sex Drive. I'm sorry, Matt. I couldn't hear what you were saying. I, I was going to say, like, she looks like someone I should know, but I have no idea who she is. Yeah, that's the way it was. Came out of... Uh, I'm looking at her, her TV tropes. Came out of um, soap operas. She's on New Girl, Ugly Betty, Psych, 30 Rock. Oh, I probably know her from... Then. Okay, and then for movies, she's in like one episode. So yeah, Sex Drive, Tucker and Dale, Hold Your Breath, Piranha yeah, 3DD. Right. Psych's a fun show if you've never seen it. I have had it recommended to me, but I have never watched it. But uh, the other nice thing they do is they, she is very kind. Like there's a running gag that she keeps hitting her head. Like either because she does something or it's an accident and it doesn't feel forced. You know, it's not like it ah, kind of ah. surprises you every time. Yeah. yeah. So they kind of like, ah, aren't we aren't we funny? So she's kind of getting naked. So they kind of come in closer because obviously attractive woman getting naked. She sees them. She falls. She cracks her head falling in the water. So they save her and um, her friends kind of see that when they're trying to get their attention to be like, Hey, your friends hurt. They like freak out and run away. Um, they're trying to say, Hey, your friend got hurt. And the line they use is we got your friend. Yeah. <laughs> so she wakes up um, and they, they kind of settle that they're not um, dangerous because she freaks out. He's like, what? You don't like pancakes? Yeah. There, there is a reckoning later about the the prejudice that that came up regarding them, yeah. and um, I I do like that they actually touched on that because they they could have just left that alone and not ever brought it up, but they did actually go back and tag that. So I appreciate that they did. And then, um, well, yeah, I th- I feel like if I was Rob Zombie, I'd feel very called out by this movie. <laughs> 
so then uh, I think which might have been my favorite scene. So um, Tucker is out doing some chainsaw work, and he happens to chainsaw into a um, beehive. Yeah. So as they're coming up on the house, here comes Tucker, and they don't see the bees, so they just think he's chasing them with uh Yeah, chainsaw. the college kids find, find the cabin, and they're, someone's going to go up and be like, hey, you know, we want Allison back. And he's out there doing the work, chains through the log, hits the nest, and freaks out. Like, it's, Anyone would. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> It is it is a very creative but organic way to kind of kick off the madness that's the rest of the movie. Yeah. So then this kid takes off running because he thinks he's chasing with a chainsaw and he impales himself on a big ass piece of wood and dies. Yeah. Which um which is pretty funny. So then um After after Tucker ran past him. Yeah. He sees Tucker wasn't chasing him right before he runs into the log. Um, so it's, it's like, there's a whole bunch of people who have a realization about, you know, a few seconds too late. Yeah. So then, um, after Dale is done, um, after Dale is done pretty much whooping Allie's ass at trivia, he has to, he decides he's going to help Tuck after a lot of guilt. He's going to mm-hmm. dig a hole for their outhouse and Allie is nice enough to come out because she ends up she's a farm girl, so she's like, Well, I you know, I've done this before. I I, I love whenever Tucker comes back in after the uh after the bee stings. He just goes over to the cooler and gets a beer and starts pouring it on his face where he got stung. That that comes back later. <laughs> it does, but it's it's just such a good visual gag. It, that it's like on one hand, it's like, you don't pour beer on that. And on the other hand, it's like, well, what the hell else are you going to do? <laughs> so then they, just, the college kids decide they're going to go on the attack. And so they, one of them comes charging at them. And, mm. uh, and um, so when this happened, Dale accidentally knocks Allie out with a shovel because of the distraction. It, yeah. And then, so this kid tries to go after Tucker and throws himself right into the wood chipper. No, wrong one. Because the guy attacking Dale has a spear oh. and he falls on it whenever, whenever I forgot about uh, that. Allie and Allie and Dale fall in the the trench they were digging. Yeah. But at the same time is the wood chipper thing, and just the suddenness of that, like because both of the deaths that you've seen so far in this movie have been impalements and. They have there's been kind of a moment and and a little bit of space in it and that sort of thing. This one just happens so suddenly. Yeah. So then the kids. Sorry, the, Matt. What what were you gonna? Yeah, I heard you uh, were gonna say something a second ago. No, I actually wasn't. Um, oh, okay, I'm sorry. I did like the wood shepherd thing. It, it's, uh, it's clearly like you could say it's 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 slightly contrived the woodship or death but that's mm-hmm. what made it funny um, to me though that it was so that, uh, yeah it, it's it was contrived but it's like that's the it's like the mcbain thing it's like that's the joke it's like yeah that's the joke <laughs> and, it's, and and the best it's part it's like over the top it's like oh my god this kid like threw himself into the fucking wood shipper it's like yeah. and he tries to pull him out and the kid to the kids it looks like he's pushing him in which is even yeah. funnier uh, <laughs> and, and fast forward like later on in the movie it's like they they are trying to 
not to suppose the body because they are guilty, obviously, but it's like, God, we got to get this out of the wood shepherd. Like, give this kid no like, one's going to fucking whatever. believe us. Then. Yeah. Yeah. And if they're pulling it out and it's like, it's just like half of him. And it's all, it's obviously like a dummy but it's also like it's gory well, and everything. And it's like, ah. And I love yeah. when the sheriff shows up and they're like, these kids just showed up and started killing themselves on our property. But that's, that is the thing that I appreciate about this film is that the, the tongue in cheek thing, it's like, it, it is a version of that trope, the evil hillbilly, the slasher film. Um, I don't know if you guys had ever seen the movie wrong turn with Eliza Dushku. I'm aware of it. It's the premise is basically like, a group of like college age kids go into I almost want to say like West Virginia, maybe. I'm not sure. It's basically, no offense, Chad, like yeah. the wilderness of Appalachia. Yeah. <laughs> and, well and and they're they basically start getting picked off by essentially cannibal mutant hillbillies. Um, yeah, it's in West inbred. Virginia. Yeah. Uh so it's like a subversion of all that. And that's the thing that I liked about this film, that it's like, it's actually two completely innocent, well-meaning, good-hearted hillbilly guys who had, like, just basically, like, this cabin in the West Virginia woods, and they're trying to fix it up, and they stumble, like, these college kids stumble upon them and think that they're, like, monsters or something, and but comically start, like, basically killing themselves because they're wildly, they're doing like vaudeville level pratfalls but into <laughs> horrifically like violent ends yeah. like i'm gonna run but i'm gonna not pay attention to what i'm doing and then impale myself on a giant ass like tree limb yeah this kid it's like i'm gonna attack these this hillbilly who's trying to put wood innocently into a wood chipper and i'm gonna like trip and like fall ahead first into the wood chipper and die horrifically yeah so what i was gonna say matt is uh, pardon me, I'll have my soapbox for only a moment, but this is exactly why I get so pissed off at the stereotype of where I grew up, because there's no call for it. Like you had a part of the world where nobody, frankly, nobody gave a shit about. Nobody showed up. Nobody wanted to help. Nobody wanted to do anything. And then you had the the. War on Poverty declared. Actually, RFK came through and did a tour, and then the War on Poverty was declared, I think, by Johnson after that. And they're like, oh, look at these poor, dumb, backward dipshits that we have to save from themselves. And it's like, yeah, thanks, asshole. Um, you know, instead of saying, hey, these are people who, frankly, nobody ever even tried to help before, and we're going to try and, and, you know, help them and then make life a little better. It was the point and laugh at the dumb hillbilly thing. And it's been perpetuated ever since. It's one of the, um, it's one of the cultures that is still acceptable to punch down at. And, um, you know, fuck you. If you do that, mm. if, if I may be so blunt, um, cause that is an uphill battle that I'm, I still deal with, you yeah. know? Well, no, that's, that's the thing. It's like, it's, that's still like an acceptable thing to, to punch down on. Yeah. But as you said, Tucker and Dale, they go out of their way to point out that these are two good hearted guys who aren't doing anything, but they also have the conversation. What are we going to tell the sheriff? You know, hey, these kids showed up on our property and started killing themselves. You're going to think they're going to think with, you know, 
that we think he's an idiot for believing it. And then the sheriff comes up and they, we've had us a doozy of a day. These kids showed up and started killing each, killing themselves. And he's like, you think I'm an idiot? <laughs> I mean, it's it's on the nose, but it's. But that's the thing I loved about this is that they 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 earnestly like legitimately like because they're innocent to actually like, good-hearted people. It's like they legitimately believe that. It's like. Dude, like, what's going on? Like, these kids are, like, killing themselves in front of us. We're, like, freaked mm-hmm. out by it. Well, but they, they are also savvy enough to know it's, like, they're just going to think, like, we're dumb hillbillies who, like, we're the cause of all this. So. Well, mm-hmm. And what I like about this movie so much, and a lot of movies don't do, is everyone's playing the straight. Like, every character's playing yes. the straight. Yeah. So, yeah, nobody's winking at the camera for it or anything. Yeah, which I think really adds to it. And some of the some of the deaths when they start teasing it, because like so when the sheriff shows up, I'm like, okay, well he's gonna end up dead, but how are they gonna pull this off and still freak the the kids out? The setup for the sheriff's death, like they went to great pains. They set this up for like like the sheriff's death is probably about halfway through the movie, I think, and mm. they spent like most of that half of the movie setting it up with like a couple of lines. Yeah, don't – hey, don't do that. Don't do that. Leave that alone. Yeah. And trying to warn people – and trying to warn the sheriff not to do it too. And it still happened. <laughs> he might have had the goriest death maybe. Uh, I don't know. No, the wood chipper is yeah. easily the goriest one. Yeah. I mean it's like seeing like, like the person still intact with things mm. like attached – it's, I mean that that's that's a heck of a qualifier. <laughs> yeah. So okay, the sheriff the sheriff bites it. Uh, do we want to say how he dies or just leave it to the audience's imagination? Well, if 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 you want to watch this and it's a good romp to what my wife hates horror movies and she she got a kick out of this. Um, she saw it before I did even. Uh, the. You know, I don't want to spoil every little thing, you know, just hop on and enjoy the ride because you'll have you should have a good time. Yeah. So he dies and scares the kids even more. But one of them grabs his gun and starts pointing at them. And they're like, whoa, whoa, hold on. Then Dale, because Dale is a nice person, is like, oh, um, you need need to like your safety's on you. That that got me, though, because like there's a there's a major quibble to have. He's holding a revolver. Okay, this is a revolver. The difference between a pistol and a revolver is a revolver is not a pistol. Revolvers with manual safeties are not typically one that you can just reach over and flick with your thumb. How hard would it have been to give that the sheriff, you know, a semi-automatic and just do the exact same? Nothing had to change. As a matter of fact, it would have worked better. Because then later, I'm not sitting there counting shots going, no, you would have been out. You would have been out. You would have been out two scenes ago. That That's that's a very small quibble, but it, it's, it did it's catch typical, me. It's typical like Hollywood yeah. people not understanding guns. But Yeah. Um, so this turns into a whole thing. Um, their dog gets taken hostage. And, yeah. And um, turns into him having a shootout with a nail gun versus the college kids. <laughs> and. Tucker gets abducted, and this is where Chad kind of goes cuckoo bananas. He was pretty far before this, yeah. but this is like where he has stepped over the line. Yeah. 
So they decide they're going to cut off two of Tucker's fingers. Mm-hmm. As a warning with a note. And Allie just happens to wake up and she's like, well, I'm going to get this all figured out. And then she finds the fingers because why wouldn't we torture the poor nice girl? <laughs> yeah. And so then Dale goes and, and rescues him. And then we get this big standoff and then we get the beer gag again because <laughs> Tucker pours beer over his stumps. Yeah. <laughs> He's just trying to do something, man. <laughs> and so now so now they're they're this is where so that she's she's a psych psychiatrist. Major. Yeah, major. And um so she's having Chad and Dale talk things out and we get this whole backstory and it's the story he told earlier about how Hillbillies killed his parents, which I'm going to say, like, I knew exactly what the twist to that was going to be. Oh, yeah. Like they. But I mean, I, I don't think that matters. No, I think you're supposed to kind of guess who the, the real they killer have, was. They have made it abundantly clear who the the villain is going to be like you don't yeah. have to you it, it's not guesswork you know who the bad guy is yeah mm-hmm. that's pretty clear so then the other kids are in the woods and they decide they're going to storm the building <laughs> because of their plan so this ends up so this and this pretty much finishes off the rest of the college kids so one girl takes a weed whacker to the face which i laughed at that one it didn't kill her. Oh, that's right. It didn't kill her. Oh, it did? No. No, oh, she's, I, I, she's the one. Wasn't she the one holding onto his leg when he was trying to escape the fire at the. Yeah. 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 So then he goes and chucks a lamp at one of them and catches the. Which, he had poured gas in there earlier. Which, I mean, and I do appreciate they didn't do the easy, the easy laugh and kill the black guy first. Yeah. Oh, no, no. He was, he was. He subverted the trope. He was one of the last college kids. Yeah. And, um, um, but Chad had been spreading gasoline around in the house. He's like, we're going to burn it down. And, and Allison's like, no, why? There, there's no reason for this. What, what's going, cause she doesn't know exactly what has happened. Well, she's been unconscious she, the whole time, essentially. Yeah. But, and so she's like, no, don't, don't burn it down there. They haven't done anything wrong. So the, how did the blonde girl die? I don't remember how she died. That's she was. OK, so she was the one that took the weed whacker to the face and went down. But she's not the one. She didn't die when that happened. Oh, uh, I thought I thought that was the other the third girl. No, because I can't remember what happened to her, but something different happened there. Okay, the thing yeah, that, that the thing that um, I actually really appreciated that they did is Having college kids like acting like they know exactly what's going on and what they're talking about when they're really utterly clueless about what's happening was just a delightful touch. Because like, no, I heard about this in my my sociology class. Like you heard about something like this in your sociology class and you're jumping to conclusions. And Allison trying she's like, well, I'm going to be a psych major. I want to be a therapist. Like you don't know shit about it yet. But she's trying anyway. It, it That cracks me up because it it is fantastically on point. Uh, I just I enjoy the hell that they 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 leaned in with that. It's like they don't really know what they're talking about. Yeah. But they keep going anyway. <laughs> uh, 
<clears throat> sorry. Um, so they had like put gas in there and one of them gets the fire going and one of the, the college girls is like, oh, he, she grabs a jar. She's like, oh, this will put it out. And they're like, no, 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 don't throw that because it's pure moonshine. And that's how you lose your, your black male character is she she tries to put out the fire on him by dousing him with moonshine. Yeah. Oh, that's what that was. So I – so a full of disclosure, like I was watching this film, but there were portions, especially towards the end, where mm-hmm. I was distracted slightly doing stuff. Like I was like – I was feeding our baby at the time. I yes, was going on. So I'm like, like looking over my shoulder watching this, and I see like they're all of a sudden they eat up the fire. But I thought you had I to read between the lines on I, that. I caught that it was like like gas. I thought it was like oh, it's like gasoline or oil, like a heating lamp oil. No, so that, that was moonshine. Was yeah, <laughs> okay. I think you had to, They didn't. They didn't outright say it. That was like a read between the lines kind of thing. So then, um, so then this turns into kind of uh, the Chad who's kind of burnt up now and looks like a real serial killer abducts Allison. By the way, Chad was totally on the sexual assault bandwagon early in this movie. Oh yeah, definitely. Like coming on real strong to Allison and she's not into it and he's mad about it and now yeah he's mad that that she's uh like taken up for the hillbillies because he hates hillbillies and yeah like the whole thing behind this seems to be that he wanted to take everybody up there you get this idea that there's a simmering undercurrent that he's he was wanting to find revenge well I'm, or something I, and like i'm that. glad i'm glad that chad did have a happy ending and like found himself and like formed a zombie <laughs> and got a directing career out of that like i'm glad he found success and happiness after this <laughs> yeah we'll go with that then sorry i, I just have to rip on yeah. Uh, Rob Zombie's tropes, even though I will admit his his music's good. His music's enjoyable, but you White know, Zombie's better than solo Rob Zombie, though. When you screw up Halloween, it's kind of like uh, you you that that, people, that was a gimme. A lot of people screwed up Halloween, sadly. Well, I'm I, always shocked I, how many movies there were before they did any reboots because there was like seven. I'm like, wow. Are you gonna say, Matt? I. I can't recall if I, I talked about this like last year or hmm. on the show, but you know, they did like the, the, the most recent trilogy of Halloween films. Yeah. Uh, the first one they released in theaters of this trilogy, which I thought was actually like a legitimately good horror movie. It was and well a good, received and a good movie. And then they did uh, a second one of that, which like, I want to say like that Halloween was released like just before COVID maybe, maybe like 2019. Um, I think that's right. And then the other one was released. I want to say like 2021, which we were kind of still were like in COVID restrictions, but uh, it was not good, but it was okay. Even my father-in-law that usually doesn't have anything bad to say about movies said he didn't like it. The third one though, actively like, just garbage garbage mm. hated it so you know it's what i've heard i i did not care for it so i mean really out of the first ones really i mean the first one is good and then the second one is acceptable and then maybe the one where they brought jamie lee curtis back was okay h2o 
No, I think the one before that. Last Halloween? I didn't know they brought her back for that one. She's come back. I mean, she comes back a lot because I think she says this is going to be the last one. And then... well, she she finally got that out of, you know, got that handled. I do but, like, uh... though, a charming little side story about her is she essentially bullied her way on to getting a, a, a role on One Piece because she's like a, an Uber fan. Hmm. Well, that's cool. No, like, there's a legit... Because you kind of say, like, oh, whatever, they're just doing that for a role. And there's, like, an interview with her before this even happened, and she's, like, talking about, like, obscure characters and how much she loves it. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like... Cool. Yeah. So, um, at, at, at the end of the movie, you have... Chad has Allison hostage. You have the, the Dale versus Chad showdown. And I liked how... You know, you, you have Dale do this whole, like, you want to see a killer hillbilly, I'm going to show you. Like, all everything he puts on except the welding mask like actually comes into play. It, it's not like, oh, he suited up all this stuff and then never used it. Like, all that comes into play. And... Oh, speaking of newspaper clippings, I want to go back. Can I do a callback to earlier in the movie that I did laugh at? What's that? So when they first get to the cabin and they're looking at all these like killer things because, you know, they're they're teasing you that it was a serial killer cabin. And they're like, look, two for one on chili dogs. And there's no <laughs> expiration date. <laughs> I forgot about that. Well, I, even at the very beginning, when they're at like that general store or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was gagging when he was eating the pickled oh, yeah. eggs right out Dale, of the jar. Dale buys oh. like a gigantic Six jar pounds. of pickled eggs. Yeah. Pickled eggs, and he just buys it, and then you see him at the parking lot. He's just like pop, flopping one in his mouth, oh, and it's like, oh. I was, and I, I, I was, I, I was don't dislike eggs. Out. I actually like. I mean, I don't like. I can't say I like pickled eggs, but it's like I, I will eat you know, hard boiled eggs, etc. But it's like, oh, it's like, ugh. I yeah. Know. But I think you're meant to have that reaction. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it, I think that's something to immediately lighten him up. Yeah. It. It. it, it it softens him a bit. Oh, one other thing we forgot about the wood chipper bit. The kid dives in and the wood chipper shuts off because I don't know, I guess for comedic effect, a wood chipper wouldn't stop like that, but it stops and, and Tucker's been trying to pull him out. And once it quits, he leans in there. He looks at me. You okay. <laughs> it's just like, dude, what do you expect? Yeah. There is one change I would have made when she said, like, well, what board game do you want to play? I would have laughed my balls off. And I thought they almost would have done it if he just would have pulled Warhammer 40K off the shelf. They couldn't afford the house if it was Warhammer 40K, man. Well, I mean, only Token could afford it in South Park. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I I just like I, I was just like, I hope he pulls some like uber obscure like nerd game off that she's going to be like totally out of her depth then well he just pulled a trivia one and then hey, what was he said i remember everything i hear yeah and he had a there's a very mark twain reference in that i've never let uh education get in the way of my learning um but uh anyway we're towards the end you have the big showdown you uh you have the the nice, um, you know, Dale goes to visit Tucker in the hospital. You have a very nice resolution at the end. Tucker got his uh, fingers back. 
Tucker got Tucker got fingers back. Um, Dale and and Allie have this nice thing at the end. It's it has a very nice wrap up. Well, except for that poor woman that was going to get raped that they were too busy making out to help. Oh, yeah. Um, that his friend, like, just clocks and is, like, dragging yeah. away. He's like, yeah, whatever. And they're just, like, making out. Yeah, yeah. The comedic effect thing there. But, okay, yeah. Not not great. Also, Chad with the inhaler was that it's just a every now and then he's like trying to give these menacing lines and then stops and hits his inhaler. But that was very, um, they did that in such a way though. They made him, uh, they did it like Mikey from the Goonies. Like they intentionally did it a certain way that like makes you immediately like call back to that. Yeah. But it was also really funny. He's, yeah. and I'm going to, he's like holding the hatch and he's like, I'm going to take that, take them apart the way they deserve. And, <laughs> you know, it undermines the moment, but, in a good way. Yeah. So I um I kind of thought I'd like this because I kind of knew what I was getting into with it because I knew it was going to be like a horror comedy, and um. So I would say it's in the same kind of realm that uh, Cocaine Bear is for me, but I liked it better than Cocaine Bear. Like I think it kept the concept like simpler, and um really played with a lot more tropes than Cocaine Bear did. Whereas I think Cocaine Bear was more about the absurdity of itself uh that's fair and i would agree um i like this better than cocaine bear and i didn't dislike cocaine bear um i thought and i did order this on blu-ray while we've been talking just (laughs) (laughs) i would say i um i appreciated this film like that's that's the way i could phrase it because they were absolutely trying to subvert all those tropes because it's like the, the trope is obviously like there's been so many movies we've ragging on uh, Rob Zombie, but it's like he's done a lot of them. Uh, and I mentioned like that that series Wrong Turn, of which there's a, I think at least like four films. It's like it's become like a series. But How many people can take a wrong turn into hillbilly country and like? It's it's well because one of them was Devil's have... Rejects, wasn't it? Well, well Rob Zombie, yeah. I mean the I mean, original Devil's Rejects, Devil's Rejects is arguably the one good. Yeah, uh, Rob Zombie. Well, I was going to say, this is kind of, I mean, Deliverance is kind of the first one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Deliverance did a whole bunch of damage that still hasn't been recovered from. That's, And it's still one of my favorite family guidelines. Is I hear banjos paddle faster. <laughs> I see that on bumper stickers and T-shirts everywhere. And I'm just like, oh, God. Anyway, sorry. Um. Basically, it's like it's it's definitely trying to subvert uh, largely like the evil killer hillbilly film uh, of which that is like a genre subgenre of horror films. But it's also kind of playing into trying to like to subvert like slasher films in general. Oh, heavily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and, and I do appreciate that they made basically the two. The two uh, protagonists, Tucker and Dale, um, it's poking at um, Final Destination a bit, too, in the way they use yes. death. Yes. Uh, but they try to make them, like, as, essentially as likable as possible. And they, I appreciate that it's, like, there's no guile with them. Like, they like, legitimately are good people. They're kind of, like, completely oblivious to some of this craziness that's happening around them. They are appalled by some of it. 
but they're also clever. They're not dumb for like the sake of dumb. No, I would they're say obviously yeah. presented as like more more savvy and in tune than the stupid college kids that are just routinely like killing themselves. And Dale's the smartest character in the movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I liked it, and I, and I like that. They subvert other trips where it's like, here's, here's the dumb hillbilly. There's no way, like, the pre-college girl would be interested in him. And by the end of the film, it's like, no, actually, like, they're going to go out on a date because she actually sees that he, beyond, like, the facade, that superficial, that he's just, like, you know, this redneck hillbilly. That he actually is, like, a really nice guy, and he's very, like, kind and considerate to her uh, versus Chad, the the douchey college bro frat guy essentially serial killer yeah um type and so i I did appreciate that and it helps that you allison grew up on a farm so she has a very different mindset than everybody else but she kind of has um oh crap i'm having a bad night it she kind of has this i want to say poser syndrome is kind of like part of her character arc too what do you mean like she's a farm girl and stuff and she's smart and successful, but she's kind of worried that she's like a fake imposter syndrome. Yeah. Imposter syndrome. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm having a brain dead night. Yeah. She has imposter right. syndrome. For a, a little bit. Maybe too. And like, that's part of, I think what endears him to her is like, he kind of breaks her out of that when she talks about being like a therapist, like, Oh, I think that's great. Yeah. Like, yeah, she, she actually is, she is open-minded enough that it builds that bridge and it's nice. <clears throat> it, it don't ponder on the movie too much past the, the, the credits. Cause then there will be some stuff that might start breaking down for you. But, um, it, this is fun. It's okay. This is booked. I'd say for the most yeah. part, this is, it's, it's, it's fun. If you've got the stomach for it, and it's not I, I i'm probably my my idea of what gore is is probably a little off here but i would not if you were to if i was to rate it on like a like a, a scale like we'll say a five star scale on gore five being like uber gory i'd give it like a 2.5 maybe a three like it's not super gory mm-hmm. there is gore but it's like it's kind of um cartoony gore yeah, it's absurdist. Yeah. And I like absurd stuff. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, what do you think, guys? General recommendation? Uh, I would give a recommendation. I would say this is uh, worth your time. Uh, it, is it the best? Well, I can't, I can't say it actually is a horror movie, but, I mean, is this the best horror movie you've ever seen? Uh, no. Is it was it worth the 90 minutes of my time? Like, yes, it was perfectly. I, I'll say inoffensive, but also like it was it was clever and I like what they were doing with it. Like they were again, they were the goal is clearly to subvert some of that stuff in a kind of tongue in cheek way. So I did appreciate that. Again, I feel it's more of a comedy, like a, a dark comedy. I, it's boring, I, do too. But... I, I put it kind of in. Um, oh, what's a good dark comedy? Uh, it's kind of a gorier version. Um, the British. Oh, what's that movie called? They did a they did a remake of it here. I can't. I think it's a wedding and a funeral, maybe. 
For a British a funeral? Nah, I'd have to look. It was started as a British movie, and they remade it. They remade it as um an American movie. Don't know. Like we we'd have to narrow that down quite a bit. Yeah, it's been a long time, but it's kind of like a dark comedy, you know, stuff with like the corpse and all that. Or kind of, it would be kind of in the realm, actually a better one for me. It'd kind of be in the realm of Death to Smoochie for me. Hmm. It'd be in okay. the realm of that kind of black comedy. Just a little gorier. No, I never did watch that one either. That's a good one. Um, it okay. wasn't super popular, but if you want, if you want like, if you just want like, some subversion of like children's television it's pretty good i can't remember the comedian but there was always the joke about can you imagine what barney's like backstage he's sitting there with the head off smoking a cigarette with a beer in his hand going tell them damn kids to quit stepping on my tail or i'm gonna slap somebody i mean his little i mean it had to have been dark because his little sidekicks doing like death matches in gcw now (laughs) so uh this is this is not the best, uh, but have you guys seen like this is the end uh-uh. with uh, with Seth Rogen, um, Jonah Hill, Danny McBride? No, I it's about, I made... it's about the end of the world. I've heard of it. I've heard is of that it, the one but... where Michael Sarah where Michael Sarah plays like an utter douche nozzle? Yes, but he also plays he he plays a douche nozzle version of himself. Okay, it's yes. got like James Franco in it. I think it's. Like these characters, like these actors, kind of play themselves, but the mm-hmm. premise is that it's it's literally the end of the world, um, and it's it's graphically violent. Uh, my wife, who has a bizarre sense of humor, like absolutely loved this movie to the point where like there are people getting like beheaded, and a dude gets beheaded, she's like ha 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 ha, just starts like <laughs> bursting out laughing, and I'm like, why are you laughing at that? It's like horrific and not. I wasn't really horrified because it's it's essentially it's a dark comedy, black comedy, but yeah, it's also like it's like some dude just met his gory end. Like, why are you laughing so much at that? But it's kind of like that. But that's obviously a more gory film. But it's it's like it's over the the gore is like over it's so over the top uh, that it's like it's clearly this is meant to be like a horrific element it's like a horror but it's also like so over the top it's like i can't take this seriously like a dude like jumps essentially headfirst into a wood chipper (laughs) it's by accident but it's also like you kind of laugh at it because it's like this is so ridiculous but i i had to go look this up by the way i'm sorry matt i'm yeah yeah. i'm stepping on you no you're fine they also used a lot of practical effects in this movie too there's a couple of cases where they use some CGI and it doesn't look great, but they use some some practical effects as well. Or they use a lot of practical effects. Practical effects are just better, in my opinion. I'm sorry, Matt. Please finish your thought. I stepped Cause, on you. Cause uh, we... the one it, oh, uh, this sorry. is the end. is kind of like more violent than this one. But the thing that I will I, – that I do, again, appreciate about this film is that it's – I think it's trying to be like a, a horror – it would probably say it's like oh it's a horror comedy it's like you i don't feel you are because i almost feel like it's too light-hearted which is odd to say for a film that's kind of like violent and gory at points but it's also like you clearly mean well like it's the the main characters are likable they're like they're just likable it's like they they don't have like flaws in the sense that you 
is like, are they really good people or are they evil hillbillies? Like, no, like they're actually just like two innocent hillbilly dudes. Like they're good hearted people. Mm -hmm. So the the bad things that happen, the violence and everything like that, like you're, you're kind of still rooting for them. Like you want them to come out when, when Tucker gets like his fingers lopped off, it's like, Jesus, that dude's why? Like he's our hero. One of our heroes. It's like, you feel bad for him. So it's, it's more like uh, you can get behind the main characters. So I did appreciate that. It's I like that they they kept flipping things on its head. It's like you're meant to you're, traditionally like you feel this sort of way. Oh, it's the evil hillbillies are coming to kill the college kids. It's like no, it's completely yeah. opposite here. And mm-hmm. I would say it, going along with how likable they are, that's relatively rare in like modern cinema. Yes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yes, absolutely. It, it's. It's nice that the whole thing is not – it undermines the point by talking about the, the Memorial Day Massacre thing, and it's like, oh, God. But, you know, you still get um, – you know, they, they still are like, hey, you know, hey, maybe take it easy a little bit. Yeah, so I think for me this is an easy thumbs up. I would kind of agree with everything Matt said. For me, I like I said, I bought the Blu-ray while we were talking about this because this will go in the collection and probably like make the the rotation around Halloween every couple of years and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it probably, I mean, it probably if I did like a marathon like of like horror comedies, like this would go in like with Army of Darkness and Zombie Land and that sort of stuff. Yeah, it makes sense. That makes sense. I'm the one that recommended it, so obviously I like it. <laughs> but, uh, okay. So there we go. That's Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Uh, we had a lot of fun. Um, definitely worth checking out. We didn't talk about everything that happens. It's just, yeah, we just look- kind of the general beats. So Yeah, and now if, if you want – now next week, though, we have a true classic of cinema – and actually, I would say next week we're talking about, I think it's a really good starter horror movie, but we're doing Monster Squad next week. Yes. Which is a, I think it failed when it came out, but it's like a cult classic now. It's become a cult classic. I I think it's it's clearly geared for like a younger audience. Although I would, I watched this like a bunch of times as a kid. Um, and at, my wife and I actually, I actually had my wife watch it like the last like year or two mm-hmm. um and i feel it holds up but i i watched this like so many times as a kid i actually love this movie uh it is also a favorite movie of friend of the show christy petrillo <laughs> uh who, who, who he his son has seen it his son zach has seen it several times too so um i actually i i, I don't know if i showed you i think i did i think i sent a picture to you guys i actually just bought like a monster squad t-shirt uh it's basically just like a t-shirt with the uh the movie poster uh, uh, from the Monster Squad on it, but it, it's it's is a film the, that I actually really I, I find it very endearing. I love this film. Is the um is the is the subheader Wolfman's got nards? <laughs> no, but it should be. Because that's probably the line of the movie. Yes. Yeah, it's a well, it's a it's a delightful like romp of a stupid movie, but you know. <laughs> I uh, I have not seen it, so you're we'll in see for what a happens. treat. Don't take it yes. seriously, but you're in for a treat. All right. It's it's odd. It's we'll talk about it next week, but it's it's 
clearly designed more for kids, but it actually has like legit horrific elements. Isn't it's it like rated this... R? Oh no, no. I think it's I think it's probably rated PG, but it's also like if you you should not watch this if you're like like six, like maybe <laughs> maybe it's like you watch it. It, it, it should, it's not PG thirteen, but it's like eh, maybe uh, you should were... be like above ten before you watch some of this stuff. I don't think they had figured the PG thirteen thing out by then because if people don't know, um, Gremlins is largely responsible for the PG thirteen rating becoming oh. a thing. Oh, I'm sorry, I just looked it up. It, it's actually rated PG thirteen. Oh, okay. Um. You can maybe argue. I mean, I'm I I'm sure I watched it when I was under 13, but no, there watched, is some legit like horrific elements to I it. Watched, that it's like I went. My parents took me to see Batman in theaters when I was eight, and that was PG-13. Mm. So I mean, it's not like. I mean, half the stuff half the stuff we saw as kids like is horrific as hell like the opening of american tale like where the the the, oh, the, the russians are like burning their village down i mean that whole movie's horrific to be there's a local convention coming up that don bluth is going to be a guest at and i'm in this place where i'm like do i go say hi to don bluth or do i instead say like do i go up to him and be like dude what the hell i you should be nice to him though, because I mean, like, if it wasn't really for him though, Disney would have never gotten their act together. Mm. Like he's a, I mean, I would say he is a massive, um, massive like influence of animation for his time. Yeah, yeah, probably so. But anyway, it's that's just. You know, that's just tough because it's like, um, the worst is when you watch, you remember something from a kid and you watch it. And then as an adult, you're like, wow, this is way more horrifying as an adult than it was as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what ages badly if you're an adult and like, it shocks you how much darker it was than when you're a kid is hook. Oh yeah. Hook's pretty rough. Hook is terrible as like an adult when all of oh. that stuff like makes sense to you oh yeah um no i haven't gone back to watch it because i cannot imagine like just just running through it in my head i cannot imagine how i would feel oh it's it's terrible as an adult because like all that subtext and stuff and it's just like it's a depressing like mess of mm. of everything i have I've not I've not seen it since. Even just Hook himself is like really sad. Yeah. Yeah. Um Ooh. That's one of those it's like I might not. There was something else I just watched recently as an adult and I'm like, wow, like that's really fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) I mean there's a lot of stuff that we watch as kids that you can go with that too, but um <clears throat> I, uh, uh, you know, it, at some point that's going to end up being a show we do where it's like, you know, hey, we're going to um, we're going to go back over stuff we watched. And it's going to be like, hey, hey um, this is uh, like what do, what do we have from our childhood that was really jacked up more so than we remember it? 
I could do a, I could probably do a whole episode on songs that had sexual song lyrics that I didn't realize were sexual until I was like way too old. And I'm talking like mid thirties. <laughs> <laughs> the number of people that it took for them to finally figure it out that hey, semi-charmed kind of life is um not what you thought it was. Or how um Genie in a Bottle by Christina Aguilera is not what you think it is. Is yeah, is dirty as hell. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how um, oh, who sings it? The I want to dance. Is that um, is that is that a Paul? A- no, it's not Paul Abdul. I want to dance with somebody. Yeah, that's sexual. That's Whitney Houston. Yeah, Whitney Houston. That one's sexual. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's about fucking not dancing. Well, if you hear dance in a pop song. It's about sex. It's not. It's not about actual dancing. That's that. It's just. It's just not. But. And I mean, somehow sexual healing is much dirtier when you actually listen to it than you think. Like on the nose. I mean, because you know, you're like, oh, that's pretty dirty because of the title. And then you listen to it, like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I could do like I said. I that we might actually need to like keep that on the back burner as an episode because that would be funny. <laughs> Just see if we can blow each other's minds with stuff. Yeah, or puff the magic dragon being about weed. It's not. It's not. Like I have I have deep dived that sucker. It's not. I promise you. Or we 100%. could be more on the the nose like half of like the Grand Funk Railroad catalog. They're just directly talking about how much they love weed. Yeah, well, yeah, you can get away with that one. Or, um, I mean, the easy gimme is any Prince song ever of all time. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> that's what they all are. But, uh, all right, everybody, I think we're going to go ahead and cap this one here. Um, we'd love to hear from you on social media. If you watch the movie and enjoy, if you watch it, let us know what you think of it. Um, Twitter and Instagram. I think Twitter is probably the best bet to, to uh, get up with us. But anyway, everybody, thank you for being with us. This is Shad with Matt and Brad. We've been in three corners. You're in the fourth, and we'll see you next time.